At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. It is the Lombardi Line here on VEASAN, presented by BetMGM, hour number two. Alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. Let's get to a segment I, we like to play here each and every Tuesday. Bet now or bet later when you look at the college football lines here. And again, what we're trying to do with this exercise is anticipate those line moves, right? Mm-hmm. To figure out whether or not it's the good time and the right time. Because you make a good point, Wes. It's not so much about the bet, but when you make the bet to get that best available number. Let's talk about Air Force against Nevada. Uh, Nevada laying the two with the over-under of 52. This is a Friday night game uh, here in Las Vegas. Uh, What do you make of this number, and would you bet it now or potentially wait and bet it later? Yeah, I think you're probably maybe going to want to bet it now if you're on the Nevada, if you like Nevada, because I do think that this is going to go up, and part of the trick, obviously, it's not just cashing tickets, it's about getting the best of the number and trying to beat what eventually is the closing number. Now, that doesn't always mean you're going to win win bets. We've seen that in the NFL. I mean, we're to over touchdown moves and not getting there, but I do think Nevada is probably going to see the support here. Uh, they, uh, they hung in there. Uh, they were right there with San Diego State. They covered the closing number, depending on the number you had. It was personally a push for me last week. But, uh, you know, Nevada is uh, trying to compete for that Mountain West title, as is Air Force, because uh, right now, if you look at the divisions, San Diego State is at 5-1. and one. 
Nevada is at four and two. They've, of course, lost the tiebreaker to San Diego State. So this is kind of a must win. And then they need some help. Air Force, by the way, just behind a very surprising Utah State team. Surprising to see them at 8-2. and two. They've been on a roll lately. So Air Force has won back. Uh, we know what Air Force is going to want to do. They run that triple option, and you know, mm-hmm. as the Service Academy does do, and try to keep Romeo Dubs and Carson Strong off the field, who have been a potent uh, pass-catch combination. So I do think maybe Nevada is going to get a little bit of a support here at two or less than three. Then once it gets to three, I think you get the resistance point with Air Force because, look, service academy dogs, when in doubt, usually are going to make you money at least long term. Now, I look at that the, the total, though, and to your point about you know Air Force and, and the style of football that they're going to play, 52 feels really high to me. Is this a, a tricky spot? Because I think a lot of people go, oh, Service Academy, take the under. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that is that maybe buyer well, beware there? Well, it is uh, because – and look, now we're getting into November. What's that weather going to be like in Reno over the weekend? Uh, we always see – I always see stuff falling from the sky there when I'm watching those games at McKay Stadium. Is it snow <laughs> or is it confetti? Like that field <laughs> is like is like littered with garbage. If you ever watch one of those games late night – for uh, college football, it seems like there's all kind of crap on that field at McKay Stadium, whether it's snow, whether it's trash or confetti or whatever. But nevertheless, uh, you know, the total looks kind of right to me because I think just because Air Force takes time off the clock, well, they usually take time off the clock and end up with points on the board. Right. So, and we know Nevada is a pretty quick strike offense. Nevada had to play that tough defense with San Diego State where they really don't give you very much and you really can't generate a ton of big plays down the field. I think they might be able to do it against Air Force. That total looks right to me. When I look at Michigan State against Ohio State here and you go, boy, we saw what Ohio State uh, Ohio State did last week to Purdue, right? They just absolutely laid them out. So they look like the Buckeyes that we expected. Now, 18 and a half at the shoe against Sparty. Look, to me, it feels like too many. Mm-hmm. Right now, that again, you're going to get that kind of inflated Ohio State price. Is is my initial thinking wrong here that maybe this is a little bit too much to ask for the Buckeyes at home? Well, it felt like too many last week with Purdue for a lot of people, and Ohio State got there. Now, Purdue, you know, kind of hung around a little bit. I mean, they had over 400 yards passing against Ohio State, so it was 59 to 31. And Purdue, actually, depending on your number, had a chance to maybe kind of get a backdoor push for you. David Bell, usually very reliable, did drop a pass in the end zone late mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. So this did open 18, went up to 20. Then you kind of started to see resistance on Michigan State because I do think even though Michigan State lost to Purdue in kind of a shaky spot two weeks ago, they are a top 10 team and, and Purdue is not. And so that's, that's why I think you're seeing, you're seeing at least a little bit of a similar number because Ohio state, like I said last week, when I chose them over Purdue, every few games, they remind you that they're Ohio state. And I thought that that was a good spot for them to do that. The offense, they had 626 yards, a total offense last week against Purdue and a very good Purdue defense, by the way. And meanwhile, Michigan state, Still dead last in passing yards allowed. Still gave up like 350 to Talia Tagovailoa to his younger mm-hmm. brother, even though it was a 40 to 21 easy Michigan State win. So this is a team that can be had through the air. And when you've got uh, C.J. Stroud though, and the Garrett Wilson and Chris Ologby and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, 
that's bad news. The Ohio State's going to get what they want, you would think, in the passing game. Now, can Michigan State keep that offense enough off the field? Uh, teams haven't been able to run on Ohio State, but Michigan State's got the Heisman candidate in Kenneth Walker, so maybe they can generate enough. I have not bet this game because I think that the number kind of in between that 17 and 21 range is about right. I agree with your initial first reaction saying this is high for a team that is a top 10 team, but we're going to find out if they're a for real top 10 team. We know Ohio State is a for real top team. No we're going to find out how real Michigan State is. Here. As the uh, you know the mayor of Squaresville, as Will Hill likes to say, I always look for overs that I like. And again, if you saw Purdue last week put up 31 against Ohio State, and Ohio State 59 of their own, right? It feels like two bad defenses. At least Ohio State's not the defense that we're accustomed to seeing mm -hmm. there. It does feel like a high total at 66.5, but again, there's only one, one way I could play that, and that would be to the over right now, the way those offenses can click. I feel like tonight when we get to Tuesday night and we see what the committee's going to have to say about the college football playoff, they are secretly rooting for SMU against Cincinnati come Saturday. Right now, Cincinnati at home is going to lay 12 in this contest against the Mustangs here. What do you make of the number? Because I think a lot of people are waiting for Cincinnati to finally show, all right, we are a legit national championship mm -hmm. contender. We belong. So we'll go put a big number up on Saturday against the Mustangs. Well, and look, SMU has gotten the support, by the way. This open 12, still a couple 12s out there, but now starting to see some 11s and 11 and a half. So I'd say bet later, obviously, if you like Cincinnati, because I think this could be a buy low spot because we look at Cincinnati – they have not covered a number in the last four games. They only won by seven at Navy. They won by 19 at Tulane, didn't cover that number. We're life and death against Tulsa, where Tulsa almost tied the game at the end. They prevail by eight. Cincinnati only wins by 17 at South Florida. They were laying about four touchdowns mm. and some change there in Tampa last week. So now they get the best team of the bunch. SMU is better than all the four teams that they've played. This is a team that was undefeated as of a couple weeks ago. They are eight and two. And they've got a very potent offense and, and, and a very good quarterback in the uh, Oklahoma transfer, Tanner Mordecai. I would wait for this to drop a little bit if you like Cincinnati because I think it's got some move to, uh, room to move downwards. And then maybe if you all of a sudden see 10 here, then I think it's go time on the Bearcats because I think they're ready after four straight non-covers kind of run somebody out. And it would be the team that they would least likely to be run out, a really potent, highly ranked offense in SMU. So only laying 12, eventually that could get down to 10.5 or 10. I think this is the spot for Cincinnati where it's like, okay, we're still here. We know the committee and everybody is waiting for us to lose. Let's go out and hit somebody and show something. I like the Bearcats. We talk about it every Saturday at Betting Across America, shameless plug, when we're on for six hours together, Wes, about that eye test, right? And that people have been watching Cincinnati the last couple of weeks. And, going, and they don't look like a top four team. They just don't look it, right? They do not look the part right now. So I think it's great advice there. If you are a Cincinnati backer, you might want to buy later, see if this number comes down, and see then – with the better number that Cincinnati finally shows up and says, all right, committee, you want to see us against a good team, against SMU? We'll show you that we're still a legit college football contender here. Let's talk about Virginia in Pittsburgh here. I, I look at this number and I go, well, I realize why it's 14, because Virginia at the quarterback position, you go, you wonder what's going to happen there. And then conversely, Kenny Pickett, uh, long shot, obviously, in the Heisman Trophy discussion, but still having another spectacular year in his uh, 14th year, I think, as quarterback for mm -hmm. Pittsburgh. The number is 14. It is two scores. Is that too many? 
Yeah, if you want Virginia, I would say wait, obviously, to see what is going to happen. This may go up a little bit more north because this opened 12 and a half. Starting to see even some 14 and a halves out there in the marketplace, still 14 at BetMGM. So this may have some room to move a little bit upwards. And obviously, for the reasons you mentioned with Brennan Armstrong missing that Notre Dame game mm-hmm. with the rib injury. And plus, uh, there, there's something to this. And I know Tim Murray talks about this all the time, Notre Dame Irish super fan. Uh, after you play Notre Dame, teams don't tend to cover that week after, and maybe there's something to that. Maybe that's not one of those random trends because Notre Dame, usually a, a physical team up front, mm-hmm. you kind of get you put a lot of energy, obviously, because they're they're still Notre Dame, but obviously the physical toll that that takes there as well. So that's why I can see that. So I don't know if I really want Virginia. I certainly don't want them at this number because I may be able to get a better one. When I look at Alabama against Arkansas with Arkansas coming into Tuscaloosa on Saturday and you see almost three touchdowns, you go, well, that's not enough, right? It's Alabama. Mm-hmm. Sam Pittman's squad obviously had a really good year for uh, for Big Suey there. Is is that a little trick here that they're they're kind of baiting you into trying to take Alabama here by not giving you the full twenty one? I don't know if it's a bait necessarily. You just look at what Arkansas did against a similar opponent in Georgia, where they got absolutely blown out. Arkansas got bet too, support from the betters, and I think that got bet down to like seventeen and a half or seventeen sixteen right. in that range. Now it's almost three touchdowns. Alabama, of course, has the Iron Bowl on deck against Auburn. Now, Auburn probably not going to have Bo Nix. It doesn't seem like his quarterback. He may be done for the rest of the season. So, you know, are they looking ahead to the rival a little bit? I haven't played this game yet. Over's gotten some support so far up to 56 to 57 and a half. So probably is going to stay right where it is in that 21 range. And small lean to the Hogs, but nothing for me as of now. Okay, 15 seconds. i got to sneak this one in. Speaking of those rhetorics, right, and you look at Oregon, getting points against Utah? My good I, college football committee, they're going to go crazy with I, this one. I think Oregon's playoff hopes are going to end this weekend. I like Kyle Whittingham in the Utes. Play the three. Bet it now. When we come back, who's really good in the NBA? I mean, at least ATS. We'll discuss when you come back with us. It is the Lombardi Line right here in Vison, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Prop Tracker now available at VEASAN.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head over to VEASAN.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and much, much more. Check out the Prop Tracker betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at VEASAN.com slash NFL. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here. It is the Lombardi line. And Wes, let's talk a little NBA here and really try to figure out who's good. In the NBA, okay? And normally I think you can find a correlation with teams that have done really well against the numbers so far with their overall record. So I don't think it's a big surprise here when you look at the top, let's look at the top five teams here, ATS. All of them, with the exception of the Boston Celtics, have a winning record. The Celtics right now are 7-7 seven and seven straight up, but 9-5 and five against the number. The best team so far there is the Bulls. At 10 and 4, that may be the biggest surprise in the NBA, and also 10 and 4 against the number. Can you find that correlation that when you look at good teams that win and also good teams against the number? Well, looking at the top there with the Heat, they were a playoff team last year. So they add Kyle Lowry, Mm -hmm. you know, gives them, I think, what is really more of a true point guard for that offense. And not really surprising that they are up there nine and five straight up ten and four against the number. The Bulls, I think we both expected to be improved, but not this improved. Uh, ten and four, and they absolutely. I know no LeBron last night for the purple and gold, but the Bulls absolutely went in the staples, won back to back, smacked both the Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers around. So nice return. So maybe looking. Uh, and, and I'm not really – I know NBA is more of a numbers handicap sport than necessarily a spot sport, but the Bulls the next time out – and by the way, they're still on that road trip. I think they play tomorrow night in Portland. That might be a spot. Maybe you could mm-hmm. go with the Portland Trailblazers trying to get back to 500. They're currently 7-8 and eight overall. 
Bulls just did the staple sweep, if you will, <laughs> over the weekend back-to-back. So that could be a spot tomorrow, just throwing that out there. The Wizards, uh, people in D.C., your wow. neck of the woods, man. They're going nuts with they're this team. They're, they're, they're thinking uh, They're thinking championship, man. They're thinking Wes Unseld and, and, all, and all the old uh, Washington uh, Bullets uh, back when they were the Bullets. Well, uh, you, I, I worked for, for, for Dad Unseld, for, for Wes Unseld Jr., and now you've got the Junior Jr. coming in here now doing a great job. That shows you how old I am. But, again, it is a surprise because I don't think anybody saw this coming in the East, right? So, again, 9-4 mm-hmm. gets the number. But 10-3 and three overall, they are very similar to the Bulls right now, arguably the two biggest surprises in the NBA. And the Cavaliers, too, 10-5 and five against the number so far. Very young team that Cleveland has. But, and, again, they've been a, a really good one if you've been backing them so far. And it looks like uh, they are about to get Kevin Love back. Uh, he is upgraded to probable on Wednesday to play against Brooklyn. This is a young team that's been dealing with injuries. They do lose Evan Mobley, mm. uh, their their top-rated draft pick from this past summer's draft. He is out indefinitely with an elbow injury. Colin Sexton's been in and out with some knee issues. So, somehow, some way, the Cleveland Cavaliers are, though, 9-6 and six straight up, despite the fact that they've had marking and out due to quarantine jared allen who they got in that trade from the nets last year has been battling illness so somehow some way cleveland hanging in there let's talk about conversely here the bottom five teams here against the spread so far and again i talk about that correlation for good teams winning records right well you look at the bottom five here and all of them have a very similar thing in common that they're all below water here under 500 except for one team Ah, the Lakers. Mm-hmm. The Lakers are eight and seven straight up, but only five and ten against the number here. And I don't think that's a big surprise when you look at a public team like the Lakers. Before LeBron went out, right? You want to back the Lakers, and they're always going to get overpriced. I mean, if you come out here to uh, sports books in Las Vegas about seven thirty on a weeknight, about seven o'clock. Right here at the South Point or wherever you go, you'll see some purple and gold Absolutely. because uh, usually get some nice crowds and nice uh, seating uh, for the uh, games when the Lakers are involved. And look at it last night. Bulls were a very small favorite, only a two point favorite. And they go ahead and easily take care of the Lakers. AD went out for a little bit with an injury and then came back in. What else is new, I guess, with uh, poor AD just can't stay mm-hmm. healthy. But uh you know, looking at last night, basically with the favorites, if you were a favorite backer, if you're a chalk eater, you ate very well last night, by the way. Uh, you ate you ate some uh, some Kobe beef type of stuff, <laughs> so a very expensive meal because you went 11-0 and against the number 10-1 and straight up. I know Adam Burke wrote a column about that today up at vcin.com. You can catch that. Also, uh, JBT breaking down tonight's card. Yeah, it is interesting, too, and I look at some of the other teams on this list here that have underperformed at least expectation to the number so far the Hawks are the one that kind of stands out to me obviously they were the feel-good story a year ago in the Eastern Conference getting all the way to the Eastern Conference final Um, only five and ten against the number and only six and nine Mm -hmm. out of the gate with Nate McMillan and his crew there do you expect that to to turn around eventually for the the Hawks well I mean you would expect that at least in short terms they're going to get it right but this wasn't a team I was totally high on this year I thought certainly they'll be a playoff team and look they're only 15 games into the season but How do you deal with expectations? And that's the thing with Atlanta, because they kind of came out of nowhere. Keep in mind, they fired their coach, Lloyd Pierce, and Nate McMillan, who was fired from Indiana the year before, took over as the interim. And then all of a sudden, Atlanta just caught fire and caught a run. Well, now you have to deal with expectations. It's like, well, we expect this Hawks team that ran it all the way to, you know, to the East Finals uh, that – 
or that we're going to be able to take that next step. And maybe they're not quite ready for that. So I felt that there was going to be a little drop off, but maybe not six and nine and then five and 10 against the number. No, I, I think we all understand how bad the Houston Rockets are, right? And clearly when you're one and 13, mm-hmm. we just know how bad they are. But really at five, eight and one ATS, it's not good by any stretch. Is that maybe kind of a sign, though, Wes, that, look, you're just going to get inflated numbers because everybody's going to bet against the Rockets. Eventually the market adjusts uh, enough where they're going to make it attractive enough for maybe some sharper NBA bettors and some value bettors to come in on this team. But this is obviously a mishmash of a roster right now, a total rebuild. They've got young guys. They've got maybe some older guys past their prime, the John Walls and the Eric Gordons and whatnot. So just not a very good roster. And they definitely do look like the worst team in the league. When we look at uh, tonight's three-game uh, lineup in the NBA, and again, we had Will Hill on in the last hour, and I, I kiddingly said, hey, you know, the Manning cast, Draymond Green was on the Manning cast last night. They brought it up during the, the Manning cast about the jinx going on, that if you've been on that show, the next time out, you and your team have lost. That's, that's mm-hmm. just the way it's happened, whether you believe in that stuff or not. So now they're getting three, Draymond Green and his Golden State Warriors, at the Brooklyn Nets. Anything to the curse, or maybe just it's just by happenstance. It will be it will be put to the test tonight, though, because I do think Golden State at least has a shot here. Now they played kind of an easy schedule, but they're number one in D rating, defensive rating in the NBA, ninety nine point three. That's two points better than the next closest team. That's per NBA Advanced Stats. So look. Steph is on one. Steph is, be, is is old Steph again. And plus Golden State's getting contributions from the role players. Gary Payton the second. It seems like GP2 has like a great dunk about every single mm-hmm. night. Uh, his uh, uh, plus minus when he is on the floor is absolutely phenomenal. We look at Brooklyn. They haven't really been at full strength all season, nope. yet they're 10-4. and four. Tonight they're going to be without Paul Millsap, no Nick Claxton, no Joe Harris. So impacts the depth. And look. Durant and Harden have had to really carry these guys. They've got league-leading uses rates. They're scoring 45% of the Nets points where they're scoring about 108 a game. So they're having to shoulder the load until they can get healthy. When they're off the floor, obviously, they take a nosedive in, in the plus-minus and the points per 100 possessions. But they don't have a lot of secondary options right now. I mean, you have Patty Mills and you have LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, Draymond going to try to uh, avoid that Manning cast curse, but – I think this is a step up for the Nets in terms of playing very good defenses. Uh, when they can play some of these lower teams and these Civ defenses, KD and Harden can really go off. You're playing the best defense in the league, so it's almost like underdog with the better defense. I would be on the Golden State Warriors here getting three. I think uh, it was three and a half. I'm trying to see if there's any in the market. There's still a couple in the market, including right here at BetMGM, I'm just now seeing. So if you want to grab that extra hook, feel free to do so. But I do I do think that this is a step up with defense, and I know the Warriors lost the last game. Now they start the road trip out east, and one of the things I like to do with good teams, when they play that first, when they play that first game, and actually this is their second game because they were kind of asleep against Charlotte. Warriors were 7-0 straight up, 6-0-1 against the number four that loss at Charlotte, but usually very early in the road trip, a good team is going to have focus right away. It's like, we got to get off to a good start here, so... You know, like I mentioned, the injuries to Harris and Millsap and company. Also, KD dealing with a little bit of a sore shoulder. Yeah. So he's still putting up good number, great numbers, but 
Not exactly 100%. It's a test defensively for the Warriors, but it's a test offensively for the Nets against this really good defense. So I like Golden State. You know, a year ago, if you saw this total at 222.5, you'd hammer the over, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But we've seen the scoring's been way down yeah. in the NBA. You mentioned KD with the issues here right now with his shoulder. You mentioned the Warriors with pretty darn good team defense right now. I, I can't even believe I'm entertaining the thought, but might this be the underplay here at 225, uh, 222.5? I think it, you could correlate that. If yep. you do like the Warriors, you're going to be more inclined to be on the under. If you like the over, you're going to be more inclined to be on the home team. All right, when we come back here, we're going to have Michael Gelkin join us from the Dallas Morning News talking all things about the Dallas Cowboys. We were already here now after a week ago where they were terrible. Now are they the best team in the NFL? We'll see where the truth lies when we come back with Michael right here on the Lombardi Line. It is Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. And Black Friday offer is here right now. When you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you're also going to receive a $20 credit to the VEASAN store. Get all your expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry up because this is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds right here on the Lombardi Line on Vston, and it's great to have Michael Gelkin join us now from the Dallas Morning News. Obviously, covers the Dallas Cowboys. And Michael, when you look at the narrative street, right, of the Cowboys a week ago against the Broncos, they're down thirty to nothing, and nothing's going right. And this team is overvalued and overrated. Then the next week in the same building, they win forty-three to three over the Atlanta Falcons. So I guess, Michael, in the short term. Who are the Dallas Cowboys, and will the real Dallas Cowboys please stand up? Which which team is it, closer to the Broncos one or the, the Falcons one? Well, before the Broncos game, they were it won each of their previous six games, and you know I think even the Broncos would tell you, and they told me, you know, speaking to a scout in the organization after that game, you know, boy, that's a good football team, and you know it's just the way that that game went, where you had two fourth down conversion attempts uh, the Cowboys did against the Broncos uh, to, to start the game and the first one it was zone run and they, they, the Denver brought more guys than the Cowboys could block and Ezekiel it was stopped behind the line of scrimmage then the second fourth and short uh, Dak Prescott in his first game back from a calf injury you know just had his mechanics that were off and really affected him throughout the game and, and that drive was was dead in the water. And so you look at that game and you saw some of the fluke elements to it. Amari Cooper dropping his first pass of the season, uh, one of multiple drops that were costly. Uh, I don't think anyone really uh, who closely watched that Cowboys game after closely watching, you know, the previous seven felt like the Cowboys were, you know, not a quality football team. And anyone who had any doubts about that, I think they were reminded uh, of, of, of that in a 43-3 to win over the Falcons. Now, are they 43-3? to Good every week, obviously not. Uh, just like uh, the Cowboys had a lot of things not go their way against Denver. I think Atlanta had a lot of things not go their way against Dallas. Uh, that's the NFL. It's a pretty small margin. And when you aren't playing complimentary football, a game can snowball on you in a hurry. And so uh, the Cowboys are a quality football team. You know, there's a reason why they're 7-2. and two. Uh, By no means am I a homer. I've covered a lot of bad football teams over the course of my career. This isn't one of them. Uh, but you know, they're 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 
uh, no doubt, um, you know, uh, play more in, in line with who they believe that they are um, on Sunday's game against the Falcons. Michael, hard to find fault with the team that has 431 yards on Sunday, six yards of play, 36 points scored. They had this other seven off the block punt, but the offensive line's been dealing with some health issues. And then, of course, I know you pointed out about the left guard, Connor Williams, 13 penalties. That's a league high on the offensive line. Tyron Smith uh, missed the last game. What is the latest on Ty Smith, and is he going to be back this Sunday for Kansas City? There is real belief that Tyron Smith will be back against the Chiefs, and that's a, that's a huge deal, um, obviously, uh, just given what he means um, to this offensive line, what he means to this offense. Um, it also uh, allows the, the whole depth of that position group to fall into place, where now with Tyron at left tackle, you can either flip Terrence Steele and put him back at right tackle, or more likely you, you, you keep Lyle Collins and you have Terrence Steele as your swing tackle. Um, it also this is good for the Cowboys' guard depth because theoretically, if if an injury did occur and they really were so inclined, they could put Terrence Steele at right tackle and move uh, Lyle Collins to left guard. They've been, they've been kind of fiddling around with Lyle Collins um, as a left guard uh, in practice when he was coming off of his five-game suspension. So um, it just is a whole lot from the front line uh, you know, standpoint of this offensive line, but also uh, when you get a guy like him back, uh, we have some versatility elsewhere in the line. It really just um, enhances the depth on, on, on your O-line. Talking with uh, Michael Gelkin from the Dallas Morning News. Follow him on Twitter at Gelkin NFL. And, Michael, let's talk a little bit more about the offense. We saw the return of Michael Gallup on Sunday and what a difference that makes there. And you look at it, and sometimes you go, wow, they have all these receivers. How can you keep everybody happy? Is this an egoless bunch? Because sometimes with wide receivers – that's not always the case. Are they okay with the, the group share, if you will, in this offense? They really are. It's, it's in their fabric. It's in their DNA. It, it sounds canned. It sounds cheesy. It sounds cliche. And you, you almost would kind of roll your eyes and think, now nah, behind the surface, you know, there's got to be, you know, some part of, you know, receiver A who's a little bit upset when he's not getting the ball and as receiver B and C are going off. But that's really not the case. As long as they're winning, um, you know, it, it's an extremely unselfish group. I remember – Back in the spring, um, you know, when Cowboys coach was like, man, we, our wide receivers like too nice toward each other. Like, <laughs> you know, but I think, um, you know, the more you get, you're, you're around this group and the more you see them compete over the course of, you know, season and in practices and the sort, um, I think people appreciate just kind of how they're wired, where they are competitive, um, you know, but they're, they're trying to be the best that they can possibly be. And there's just a culture in that wide receiver room for the Cowboys where Mark Cooper, you know, he's, pulling C.D. Lamb aside or C.D. Lamb's approaching him being, hey, show me that release off the line of scrimmage that you had. And, and Mario will walk off, you know, kind of away from the action and, and practice and, and take the time to show him that sort of thing. And, and that kind of goes right into the meeting. And so between uh, Mario Cooper, uh, C.D. Lamb, now Michael Gallup, who allows C.D. Lamb to do a little more on the slot, um, they're going to move those guys around. Um, and then Cedric Wilson, Noah Brown, I mean, that's, that's five wide receivers uh, that you'd be – pretty hard-pressed to find a deeper five uh, anywhere in the NFL. Uh, as much as you talk about, you know, the, the big three, uh, they really can go four and five. So uh, Cowboys are, are thrilled with that group, and that's just how they are uh, producing, but you know, b- behind the scenes where it's not toxic and, and there is that culture. 
Michael, we'll flip to the defense here. And look, when you look at the numbers, kind of middle of the pack, maybe a little bit above the Mendoza line in terms of the yards they're allowing, obviously. Uh, Trevon Diggs intercepting pretty much every ball that's interceptable going his way, obviously very much helps and living off those turnovers. But compared to what you saw last year, last year's defense and this year's defense, do you think this year's defense is maybe just improved just on the basis of health and having available bodies? Or are you seeing something different out of this unit under Dan Quinn? I think it's more than just health. Um, you know, last year they were batting well below 200 um, defensively, uh, well below that Mendoza line, uh, in, in part because of coaching. Uh, we're just schematically, they were not sound under Mike Nolan. Uh, you know, Nolan has acknowledged that you know, he probably could have done some things different in terms of installing his defense during a pandemic. Uh, he didn't, and it really showed, especially you know, in the first quarter, first half of the season. Um, and so that, um, with Dan Quinn, he, he just brought a real cohesiveness to the group. Uh, they're playing fast. The communication has been a lot better. And so that's probably line one in terms of it. And then you look at the offseason where the personnel that they acquired, uh, you know, first-round pick Micah Parsons has been sensational. He's the favorite for Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's been the favorite since the Cowboys drafted him, and you look at what he's done, uh, the efficiency with which he's pressuring the quarterback, uh, his, his, his physicality, uh, his closing speed, uh, his attitude and, and confidence and swagger that I think is contagious. Uh, you, you, you put a guy like that who's you know a linebacker but can rush off the edge and, 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 and mug the A-gap and interior pressure, and then Trayvon Diggs, as you mentioned, he leads the NFL in uh, interceptions with eight. Um, those two guys are, 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 you know, Diggs has taken a huge leap here in year two. Uh, and, and with Micah being a rookie, um, you know, that's really a level of play that the Cowboys had under Mike Nolan. So the scheme's better, the personnel's better, and this is a group that down the stretch um, expects to get Demarcus Lawrence back from foot surgery, expects to get the, uh, another defensive end, Randy Gregory, uh, back from a cast strain. Um, you know, this is a group that no doubt will be tested with injuries down the road, but um, right now they're, they're playing at a really high level, and I think Dan Quinn deserves a lot of credit for that. They'll, they'll get tested this week at Arrowhead Stadium taking on the Chiefs here as they are now two-and-a-half-point underdogs as they go on the road. And I know, Michael, they always say, hey, it's just one of 17. This doesn't feel like just one of 17. Do you get the vibe early in the week here that they're going to look at this game a little bit differently as a true litmus test as, as where they are against one of, if Pat Mahomes is back to being Patrick Mahomes, one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in, in a generation? Yeah, I think any team when you go against Patrick Mahomes and you go against the Chiefs, you know, the success that they've had, uh, you understand that it's something of a measuring stick of a game. And the Cowboys have had a, a, a few of those uh, games so far. I mean, right off the bat, you know, I think week one, uh, Thursday night uh, game, you know, opening the NFL season, you go against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, the Penny Super Bowl champions in Tampa. Uh, you know, that was, that was one for the Cowboys and, and the way they hung around. Um, you know, Dak's run for more than 400 yards in his first game back from the ankle injury. Um, I, I think that really set the table for the Cowboys' six-game win streak that followed. And then they had the bad game against Denver, and they, they jump right back in against Atlanta, 44-3. to There's no lack of confidence already. And so I don't think they really needed this Chiefs game. You know, this team's pretty dialed in in terms of understanding – uh, or believing that they have a standard, and regardless of opponent, they need to play to that standard. And and so, um, any, but that that being said, I I, I I there's no doubt that you know who you're studying over the course of a practice week. You know who you're playing when you step on that field. And this is the f- first of three games in 12 days. 
for the Cowboys. And so it's not just this one game. It's, it's how they can work through this stretch. But obviously it starts in Kansas City. I can't wait to watch it. Michael Gelkin, appreciate the time and the information. Follow him at Gelkin NFL on Twitter. When we come back, we'll wrap it up with some more college football talk right here in the morning line on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm gonna talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic, and then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All the football and basketball action you need is at BetMGM. Sign up now. Use the bonus code VEASAN1000 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1. 
$1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you're also going to get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. From epic touchdowns to spectacular slam dunks, the King of Sportsbooks takes you every play, and it takes it to a thrilling new level. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code VSIN1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. And it is a Tuesday night. So while you think you might have a lull in the football action, not if you like Maction. We've got some action for you tonight. And I do look at some of these games here, Wes. And I want your opinion on them. When you look at Toledo against Ohio tonight, and right now Ohio catching some money or catching some points rather at home, getting a touchdown at home, what do you make of this matchup between the Bobcats and the Rockets? I will say this, Ohio after a very poor start, because remember that uh, a coaching change, a very late coaching change in the summer as Frank Solich elected to retire. So Tim Albin took over the coaching duties this summer. Bobcats 5-1 and one against the number of the last six weeks. They're not going to be going to a bowl game. They only have three wins on the season. Uh, so, uh, look, Toledo's got to win one of its last two games to get six wins to get bowl eligible. They've got three losses in MAC play by a combined eight points. And now you have Ohio and Akron seemingly now on the downhill part of your schedule mm-hmm. because you do have an Ohio team that obviously only has three wins, and you have an Akron team that fired their head coach a couple weeks ago, Tom that uh, look at the very bottom of the barrel really here. So uh, looking on the Toledo side, I think the key to kind of at least them getting steady is Daquan Finn. He's at the quarterback position for Toledo. He's a freshman out of Detroit. Eight touchdowns to one interception over the last three games. Uh, Remember, they scored 49 on Bowling Green, who's kind of been a cover machine this year. Not a great team, but they've been covering numbers. Of course, remember, they beat Minnesota Mm -hmm. as 30-point underdogs on the road up there in Minneapolis. Uh, He's a guy that's kind of a a zone-read guy and then throws play action. That's basically what he is. Uh, But they're more than just him. Uh, uh, Bryant Kobach. uh, now is just shy of a thousand yards, getting uh, nine touchdowns on the season. So, you know, one of the things Toledo, I think the offense, they're kind of starting to figure it out there, but they've got to figure out how to limit the explosive plays. But they get an Ohio team that not necessarily known for his explosive plays because they they dominate on the ground. And Ohio, I think, under all those years under Solich, has always ran the ball very well. And Tim and Albin has really continued that because 59% of their plays are running plays, basically, for the Ohio Bobcats. So you're seeing the offense. They've now kind of refound their identity in terms of running the ball. But the defense has really not been that great. They don't tackle very well. They can give up chunk plays. That's bad news against a guy like Finn that's a dual threat Mm -hmm. running back uh, or dual threat quarterback, rather. So... This was six and a half. You're now seeing seven right now. I have not bet this game yet, but I would lean Toledo. I know Ohio has kind of been on that cover strain, but I feel like 
here's where they kind of run into a, a little bit of a wall here. Eventually, water kind of finds its level. I like the Rockets here. They can win, go to 6-5, and five, get ball eligible. You mentioned that Bowling Green, for a bad team, has been kind of a cover machine. They're going to get 17 at Miami of Ohio tonight. So does that trend continue, in your estimation, getting that 17? Yeah, I, I, I don't really know if it is going to because I think Miami – probably from a talent standpoint, might be the best team in this conference. They certainly are, aren't in terms of record. But, look, you get a Bowling Green team, you wonder if they're running out of gas. They got trounced at home last Wednesday by Toledo, 49-17. to That's three straight games that Bowling Green has allowed over 40 points. They've got one win in the MAC this season on the road at Buffalo, but – They've really kind of struggled on offense, and mm -hmm. now you're going against one of the better defenses in the, in the MAC, that being Miami of Ohio. Uh, and Miami of Ohio has kind of found its level a little bit. They, they Brett Gabbert, the younger brother of Blaine Gabbert, was out for a couple games. He missed a couple in October, but now he's in the back. And Miami of Ohio basically can put this themselves in position where they almost are going to have a lock on the MAC East because it looks like Northern Illinois is in the driver's seat in terms of the MAC West. Uh, but they gotta they gotta focus on this game though because they got Kent State next week. That's probably gonna decide who goes to Detroit out of that MAC East division for that championship. Bowling Green, like I said, the offense is really struggling. Blaine Gabbard, I think, returning from injury has really helped. Uh, since uh, uh, he returned against Ball State a couple weeks ago, Red Hawks are averaging just under seven yards a play. That's a very good number. Uh, Blaine Gabbert, 9.1 yards per attempt with 11 touchdowns. has only thrown one interception mm. in that span. So when you're not turning the ball over and you're getting that many yards a play, you're going to be doing very well. Uh, Miami, in terms of defense, they force a decent amount of turnovers. That could spell trouble for Bowling Green. It has gone up a little bit from the opener. I don't really want any part of the Falcons here. It would be Miami of Ohio, nothing minus 17. Let's go with the Western against Eastern. And we had Will Hill on in the first hour, and he kind of has a lean towards Eastern in this one, getting five and a half here at BetMGM at home. Do you like that, that lean that Will has? Yeah, I'd feel the same way. I do think uh, – if you look at what Eastern Michigan is doing, they're throwing a lot through the air. They're 22nd in passing yards per game out of 130 teams in FBS, 286.4 yards to be exact. And I think it's really because they've got an upgrade at quarterback. Ben Bryant uh, was the backup to uh, Desmond Ritter mm -hmm. at Cincinnati, and now he is a transfer. So he's completing just under 70% of his passes so far this season. And three of his last four games, he's eclipsed that 300-yard mark. So this is a team that can really throw the football the offense is on point right now averaging about 34 a game just a little bit under 400 yards defensively though they do give up 28 and about 431 yards a game but uh you know for western michigan you know and they really kind of escaped a little bit last time out against akron uh, an akron team by the way that was playing their first game for an interim coach so kind of a tough spot for western because akron you know Obviously, when you're a team that has your coach get fired, it's like, well, they got fired because we didn't play well enough, <laughs> you know, or, and we didn't do we didn't do well enough on the field. So Akron was motivated. So that's why that was a very close game, even though Western Michigan was a huge favorite. Forty five to 40 was the final score. Caleb Ellaby, a veteran quarterback, uh, has been has been playing very solid this year. Running game is solid, but I think they're going to need to run the ball a little bit more because you don't want that passing attack of Eastern Michigan to necessarily be on the field. Uh, defensively, Western Michigan's given up about 30 a game, only given up 210 through the air, but obviously that'll be 
tough to duplicate when you're going against Ben Bryant. So Eastern Michigan should be able to find some yards down the field. Total down to 66, kind of would lean to the over here, but I'd be with Will Hill. There are some sixes starting to show. I'd be on the home dog in Ypsilanti. Well, you answered my question there about the biggest uh, total on the board here for Maxion tonight at 66, but it is ticking down, but you like the over potentially at that play. I do want to get, before we wrap up the show here, back to Thursday night football here with the Patriots against the Falcons, with the Patriots right now uh, laying six and a half. Uh, on the road here against the ATL. And, again, this is based on what we just saw with the Patriots, that big blowout win over Cleveland, Atlanta getting absolutely hammered by Dallas, 43-3. to Again, would you wait? If, if you want to take the Falcons, wait and see if this gets to seven. You think you'll get to seven here in most Well, it, it is getting to seven right now, including right here at BetMGM. So these are seven flats, too. Some of the sevens that we were seeing were kind of juiced to the Falcons' side because that's still being a key number, even though these key numbers maybe not as key anymore because, number one, you have all these missed extra points that we <laughs> see every Sunday oh in the NFL. We have these coaches going for two a little bit more and going for it more on fourth down. So it's kind of a little bit of a brave new world in the NFL where they're not necessarily – the ultimate numbers where it's like it has to be three or seven, right. even though those are still very common scores, especially that three. But now that you're starting to see seven, I am a little bit more interested in Atlanta. And it's really just kind of like, you know, we talk about buy low, sell high. Is this a sell high spot on the New England Patriots mm. here? Now lane seven. I mean, they look so great Boy. against Cleveland, 45 to seven in Atlanta who goes and beats New Orleans, actually loses the lead late because that's what the Atlanta Falcons do is they blow leads, lose the lead late, and then a big play to Patterson. They get the winning field goal to win in New Orleans, a very tough place to win. And then next week, and I laid it with Dallas, but I didn't see 43-3 to nope. coming at all. I, I was, you know, worried, okay, Atlanta, Matt Ryan, he's capable. They can put him in the back door, but they just turned the ball over too much. Matt Ryan did not have a very good game. So this is kind of like maybe a buyer low spot on the Falcons. If this gets a little bit higher, I'd still wait because I don't think it's going to necessarily come back toward the Patriots where it gets down to six and a half again. So wait on the seven, maybe on a seven and a half, and I like Atlanta. And right now that over and over under sitting at about 47 and a half for that uh, total there. So we'll see if there's any movement there as the week progresses. Wes, always appreciate the conversation, my friend. I want to thank Michael Gelkin for joining us. And of course, Will Hill as well. Michael will be back tomorrow, right back here on Lombardi Line on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.